0: At some point, I was just like, this is crazy. Like These students are working so incredibly hard to have careers in business, yet they don't have content that storytells the business world in a fun, relatable, and engaging way.
1: Welcome to From the Dorm Room to the Boardroom. A podcast where we provide insights, tips, and inspiration for college students and young professionals so they can make a really successful transition from college life to the professional world and beyond. My name is Andy Malinsky, and I'm your host. I'm also a professor of organizational behavior and international management at Brandeis University's International Business School, where we record and produce this podcast. Today's guest is Alex Lieberman. Alex is the co-founder and CEO of Morning Brew. Morning Brew's goal is to make millennials experience with the business world more engaging and digestible and relatable And their daily product, which you might actually have right now in your inbox. And if you don't, uh, you should. is a newsletter that uh, is subscribed to by 700,000 people and counting. And the core reader of this newsletter is the aspirational emerging business leader. So prior to Morning Brew, Alex was a fixed income trader at Morgan Stanley. And then prior to that, he was a student at the University of Michigan, where he studied real estate and financial markets at the Ross School of Business. Alex, thanks so much for being on. Thanks so much for having me. Cool. So, so uh, let's let's hear about what you do, what your job is, and what I'd love to do is I'd love to hear about what your job is now. Tell us about Morning Brew, how you started it. Then maybe we'll rewind back to back to Michigan and your undergrad and in, in sort of where you were at that point, sort of as a senior. But let's start where you are right now, and what what are you doing? Tell us about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as you mentioned, uh, Morning Brew's goal is to make our generation's experience with the business world significantly better. We are a fast-growing media startup based out of New York City. Uh, We have nine people full-time at Morning Brew uh, with basically three main pods, growth, sales, and content. And as you had mentioned, our core product is a daily email newsletter that gives you all the business news you need in five minutes. It's quick, it's conversational, it covers everything from Wall Street to Silicon Valley. And the goal of the newsletter is very simple. We want to help our reader be the smartest person in the room and also be cognizant of the fact that our reader is really busy. They don't have a lot of time in their day. So we want to be that resource to synthesize all of the content that's out there into one little package that arrives in your inbox every morning. And not only tell you what are the most important business stories that you should care about as the young professional or young business leader, but also why should you care about them? Uh, you know both as a, a consumer as well as a young professional. As a co-founder and CEO of the business, again, my, as I reflect on what my day-to-day has looked like since you know, working full-time on this for the last, call it, two years, but working in some capacity on Morning Brew since starting it at the University of Michigan when I was a senior, my role has evolved in so many different ways. Um, but to your question, what do I do right now? Basically, my focus at the moment has been on the sales side of things. So, working on building really strong brand partnerships with everyone from Discover Card to J.P. Morgan to Allbirds to Casper to you know the University of Michigan. And the goal is obviously, a- as a for-profit business, we we had to figure out how can we monetize there are two main ways that media companies have traditionally figured out how to you know be sustainable and profitable one is the idea of charging your consumer the other is the idea of charging a brand to get in front of your consumer obviously we monetize through the latter and so my focus right now has been as we scale our audience how can we scale the number of brand partners we're working with how can we scale our processes so that you know when it goes from working with 40 to 400 clients? How can we scale that process in, a, in an organized fashion? And also, how can we scale our sales team uh, to grow with the business as well? So right now, we have uh, my coworker Sasha, and myself focused on brand partnerships. Ultimately, we're going to need a, a way larger team to be able to um, solidify brand partnerships for the business. So that's been my focus, call it, for the last 2-3 to three months uh, at Morning Brew. How many years have you are you out of college? So I graduated Michigan in 2015.
1: Wow. So okay. So you're doing all this basically three years out of college.
0: Yeah, and you know, just to get back to, I believe your second question, which was how this got started. Yeah, it's actually intertwined with my college experience because my co-founder Austin and I founded the company when we were students at Michigan. So just to give you a little bit of the backstory. I was a finance person through and through. Uh, my dad uh, and my mom, which, as I told you, went to Brandeis. They also both worked on Wall Street. So my dad was a trader at Citigroup. My mom was a salesperson at Nomura. My grandpa worked at Prudential. So not only were uh, our dinner conversations when I was 13 years old incredibly riveting, but also I kind of just knew or expected of myself that I work in finance to start my career. Because I just very simply thought, you know, these are my role models. I don't know anything else. I want to emulate my role models, and so I chose Michigan as the school that I wanted to go to um, because I wanted a very different college experience from a, what my high school experience was like. I went to a very small private high school in New Jersey. Graduating class was like 115 people. So I wanted just literally the opposite. Not because I hated my high school experience, but uh, again, it was. It was a new chapter, and I I really wanted to embrace that. The other reason was that, obviously, the the business program at Michigan uh, is pretty well regarded. And again, I wanted to hopefully start my career in finance. So I did the classic internship after freshman year, internship after sophomore year, internship after junior year thing. I get into my senior year at Michigan. I was lucky enough that I had received a job offer to work full-time at Morgan Stanley once I had graduated. And I only had to take, I think it was two or three classes my entire senior year at Michigan. And so I was just like, I need to do something to pass the time or my brain is going to spontaneously combust. And so I started helping uh, students in the Business School of Michigan, students in my fraternity who were re-recruiting during our senior year. I started helping them prepare for job interviews. And before mock interviewing them, I would always ask the question, how do you keep up with the business world? And every single student would have the same canned answer to that question. They would say, You know, I read the Wall Street Journal and I read it because I feel like I have to, because it's a prerequisite to say I'm well read in business, but it's dense, it's dry, and it's just something that is expected of me to go into business. And so at some point, I was just like, This is crazy. Like, these students are working so incredibly hard to have careers in business yet they don't have content that storytells the business world in a fun, relatable, and engaging way. And so I literally just started writing a daily business roundup, which at the time wasn't even called Morning Brew. It was called Market Corner. There was no business intention to it whatsoever. It was literally just... One, I found that it would force me to keep up to date with the business world so that I would be pretty polished when I started my career after college. And the second was... It would allow me to hopefully provide a better resource to students, so I didn't have to hear this same answer over and over and over. And when I started sending this out, it was not like an, a <laughs> a refined email newsletter. It was literally a Microsoft Word template that I would put together for four hours a day during my first semester, senior year at Michigan. It would be uh, saved as a PDF, and I literally just started by creating a listserv through like Michigan's M Community website. It started with ninety-five people and it would be an attachment to an email in a PDF document. And I started sending this out and I started receiving texts and emails every day thereafter from people saying, Hey, I heard about this business uh, roundup that you write. Um, Would love to subscribe to your list. And I would literally have to go into the M community website and manually put in these email addresses for people that wanted to subscribe. By the end of first semester, senior year of Michigan, pretty much the entire business school was signed up for market corner and for me this was you know the purest form of just like proof of concept because the product aesthetically looked horrible and there was infinite friction to to actually subscribe to it since there was no website i manually had to do it for you but it acted as you know really good proof that there was an appetite for better business news that was conversational that was digestible and It was written with the young business person in mind. And so that's when I brought on Austin as a co-founder over winter break of my senior year. I brought him on because he was one of the first readers of Market Corner. And what I realized very early on was that... People saying, like you're doing a great job and keep up what you're doing. It's awesome to hear. And obviously, it comes from such a great place. But I realized it was the least helpful thing in actually improving a product because I had no form of feedback or constructive criticism to act on. Austin was the only person who would read the uh, market corner every single day and respond with objective feedback on how to make it better. And I just knew someone who was reading it every day, clearly cared about the product, cared about the mission, and had the level headedness as a at the time he was a 19 year old to provide that feedback was incredibly valuable so brought him on as a co-founder and we launched uh, our core newsletter in its current form as a, an email newsletter uh, in March of 2015
1: wow what a story how did just quick question on that how did you know how to do this not the mechanics of you know sending it out to the listserv and so on but how did you so so you knew there was a need from your experience doing, you know, the prepping people for interviews. You knew that the Wall Street Journal was dry to your generation. How did you know how to create a product that would appeal?
0: I mean the, the short answer is I didn't. <laughs> I really didn't at all. One thing I would say that helped me is because I think I went into it so naive, and I think I think there's two components to it. One is Austin and I were so naive to this because we were finance people, we weren't media people. We basically just created a product that we thought we would love, which was a very naive way to go about it. Because if we were trained in media, trained in journalism, we probably would have approached it in a more pragmatic fashion or done something similar to how companies had done it in the past. But because we had no reference point, we just did what we thought we would enjoy if we were the consumer of our product. And then I think this the second component of it is, yeah, like I really didn't know what product to create. Aside from just using myself as a litmus test, I had no writing background, especially in the business school mission. We didn't have to write that frequently, so you know now I would say I'm a a pretty solid writer from just having to spend so much time writing over the years since starting the brew. But before that, I was an incredibly mediocre writer, and so I think it just came down to because I wasn't thinking about it as a business. I also felt like less risk or pressure that like oh this needs to succeed or I have nothing else to do. Right? I, I think. That was one of the benefits that I see of starting this in college is there was so much resource and there was there was so much of a buffer for us to for us to take a risk, and the downside was extremely mitigated where we we just created what made sense to us, which was there are certain sectors, topics, companies that the college student or the young professional tend to care more about than older generations, so let's cover those more. And let's not just dive into what the stories are, but why are they important in the context of our reader's life. And let's write it in a way like we're speaking right now, like you and I are speaking. And then also, we said to ourselves, okay, outside of the bread and butter business news, what are other things that like the business person who lives the business lifestyle cares about? Because one, it's good to have a diversity of content, so it's not the same thing over and over and over. And we're multi humans are multifaceted people and beings like there are things that we care about outside of the office and that's why we start doing whether it be interview questions or inspirational quotes or business fashion tips things that our audience clearly cared about and weren't just traditionally like the you know down the fairway business stories that everyone covers
1: got it interesting so you've been a college student very recently and you just did all this which is pretty amazing what what Misconceptions do you think college students have when, I guess, in your case, starting a business, but you could even make it broader in terms of transitioning from college to the professional world?
0: Yeah, so I think there's a few things. I think, well, I will talk about it in the context of starting your own, your own business first. I truly believe if you're able to pull it off, starting a business while you are in college is one of the best things you can do. And the reason I say that is you just have so many resources at your disposal. You have such a large network within your own college, whether it's the alumni base, whether it's the professors, whether it's your fellow students. But then also, I found that when you ask for things as a college student, it's way easier to get a yes from people than when you have graduated. So you have significantly more resources and your downside is mitigated extremely well because when you start a business as a college student, by definition, you're not doing it as a full-time endeavor. You're still getting a degree. You're still taking classes. So Again, the, the downside of that is you will not be able to be a full-time entrepreneur while you're in college. But even for people who end up, say, starting their businesses once they're in the professional world, very few people just quit their job and start a business. Oftentimes, they'll start it as a side hustle. They'll work on it on the side after they get home from work every day. And then when they see enough traction then they'll quit their job and go do it full time. In my mind, that is no different from doing it while you're a college student in classes than working on your business on the side. You just have way more cushion when you're a college student, right? Like the 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 risk just increases significantly once you graduate. So I think there's that component of it. And I think the second component is people assume that like you need to be an expert in your domain uh, of what your business is related to to launch the business. People don't necessarily know how to launch the business. They assume it has to be a perfect product. I think I was shielded to it because I wasn't thinking about it as a business in the beginning. So if I was to do this over, and I was doing... If I was starting a business in college that I actually thought like, oh, this is a business, this isn't just a hobby, I would try to trick myself into thinking like, this is this is a hobby and uh, I just need to get something going. And it's not going to be perfect. But just need I need to get something out there, and if I don't get something out there, then it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, interesting. But I I love that idea—the of the cushion and in in using the college experience to your advantage. Um, let's hear from a college student. So I told you earlier we have a we have a student question. I'm going to play it for you. Let's hear what they have to say, and then we'll uh, we'll have a quick chat about it. Here's the question. Cool. Uh, hi, I am Jin Ren and I'm a college student. I come from China. So the question that I want to ask is, um, what kind of quality
2: and characteristic, um, will help a student to become more
1: competitive in the workplace? Wow. So I think this question is asking about maybe about personal qualities, right? What are maybe what's going to enable someone to to succeed? Um, jumping from college to professional world, maybe get hired, maybe you know whatever, however you want to take it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The biggest thing that Austin and I have learned, uh, and we made this—I think we learned it through making this mistake early on—is from the perspective of an employer, which I think will help answer this question. Is when we were first hiring uh, for Morning Brew, and it, specific, it specifically was for a writer role, we basically made all these criteria of like what would the perfect writer at our company look like from just a, a background perspective. So we said, like, this person has to have a journalism background. They have to have worked at a business media company, know how, to, how a newsroom works. And we hired someone that fit all of those criteria. And what we realized three months after when that person ended up leaving the company is we had made like a horrible miscalculation. The things we should have been focused on, or at least should have been most priority were A is this person an incredibly passionate person? And what I mean by that is not, are they most passionate about Morning Brew on day one? Because that's not feasible. No one is going to be, first of all, as passionate about the company as Austin and I. But also, on anyone's first day, they're not going to be the most passionate person in the business. But more, is this person a passionate person? Meaning, can we find points in their life where they got interested in something? And once they were interested, they got incredibly interested. They obsessed over it. They thought about it constantly. Like they were always on thinking about the thing that they were passionate about. The second was: is this person deeply intellectually curious? Like a lot of people say they're curious. A lot of people say they like becoming experts on things. And what we found is very few people truly know what it means to go down the rabbit hole. I think most people kind of stop at what would be like. You Know 70% of the way there of learning about something, and so something we should have also considered is if someone gets interested in something and they're passionate about it, will they truly keep going down the rabbit hole to be in the 99th percentile of knowledge on that topic that they care most about? And I think the final component is really just work ethic like, is this someone who First of all, understands the concept of not just working for the sake of working, which I think is potentially a habit that a lot of people uh, get through kind of the years of education is do they work in a purposeful manner where every minute they spend working isn't for the sake of just saying, I spent 12 hours on this, it's working towards a goal and everything is value add work to push towards that goal. Work ethic is something that's really, really difficult to teach, and so we look for people that already have that. And so those three things—passion, deep intellectual curiosity, and work ethic—were three things that we didn't focus on for this first hire. And now, in anyone we hire, whether it's in writing, sales, growth, strategy, etc., we need to check all those boxes before we consider any of the other criteria that are specific to that role.
1: Oh, that's really cool. And what, what I really like about that is that um, I think a lot of students leave college and think oh my gosh who am i you know i'm such an imposter i'm entering this big you know scary professional world but what you just said are things exactly that, that pretty much anyone could have and in fact these are things that you can hone in college right your intellectual curiosity and passion your your immersion and ability to kind of go deep really deep um totally. and 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 then the work ethic so that's 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 cool that's that's actually quite inspiring
0: yeah absolutely and i think you know to that point i think there's a few things there one is i think that, one, people assume they need a background in the field that they're going into, which I just don't think is correct. I think, again, if you have those three things, intellectual curiosity, passion, and strong work ethic, you can really go into any career you want to because you have the structure it takes to become an expert in anything. I mean, like if you look at Austin and I, we had zero experience in media. And we're running a media company now. And <laughs> maybe one would argue we shouldn't be running a media company. But I think what, what has allowed us to be successful up to this point is because we, we truly believe like we embody those three characteristics. If there's something we want to learn, we know that we're not always going to have the answer, but we have the network and the resourcefulness to find that answer. And we will work as hard as we can for as long as we can to continue to not only find the answers... But become as much of an expert on the topic as we can. And I I think also, as I reflect on college, to me, the most important, my most valuable experiences in college, first of all, were not just like the academics, not just my classes, but the extracurriculars that I was involved in. And I also just think that in retrospect, college really, if done properly, it's not, at least in my mind, where specific classes taught very actionable things that you can apply into your job necessarily. If they can, that's great. But I think more broadly, you should be focusing on something that teaches you the right way of thinking, that helps inspire that work ethic, that helps inspire that curiosity, because that can be applied to any line of work in any industry.
1: Super useful, so so we're kind of nearing the end of our chat here. Let me just ask you a couple of quick questions for this is sort of like our quick tips for college students section. Um, yeah. How about a productivity tip? You know people are always interested in productivity hacks. People have different ways of being productive. Do you have any any tips for young professionals?
0: Yeah, so I mean, this one probably sounds pretty crazy, but I just know myself. I know that given I naturally am a creative and I get distracted very easily and I think I'm naturally an extrovert. I like having conversations with people. I I can get sidetracked very easily. So for me, it's when I work, I need to put myself in the right environment to work well. And what what that includes is during the day, I turn off my phone. Between the hours of 9 to 5, my phone is off. And if I'm taking phone calls, I actually have my Apple Watch uh, with cell service connected to my AirPods, and I take calls on there. My phone does not turn on. And then I'm not going on Facebook throughout the day. And the way that I've avoided using Facebook a lot is on my phone. I don't have the Facebook app. So if I want to go to Facebook, I have to go to Safari, then go to Facebook, and then put in my uh, username and password every time I purposely don't have it save it because it turns a one-step process into a four-step process. And I've seen that it has taken down my use of Facebook during the day uh, significantly.
1: <laughs> Excellent, I love that. How about uh, how about any advice that you got early in your career, which I guess is pretty recently that that you didn't take but you wish you had? Did you get any advice at Michigan that you know in retrospect was like, huh, that was really good advice?
0: So I mean, I think I'm not sure if this was Michigan or right after. It, I probably heard this in a number of places, but I I really think it's you know we as people have such a finite amount of time in our day, we think about you know, curating so many things in life, right? Like curating, curating the books we're going to read, curating the uh, emails that come into our inbox every day. like All these different things were very tactical and purposeful with, with curating. Uh, the thing that I think people don't think a lot about is curating the people they surround themselves with. So really taking stock of periodically... Who are the people of your life in your life? Are one are you personally adding value to them? Are like are you driving the relationship with them? Can you do more to like be a better friend, to be a better coworker, to add more value to them to them personally or professionally? But on the other side, taking stock of who are the the ten to fifteen t- people that you spend the majority of your time with, and are these people that give good energy? Are these people that you find to be passionate, curious, and hardworking people? Are these people that? if you knew that all of them rub off on you in some way, you would be happy with what they rub off on you with.
1: Mm, interesting. I love that. How about how about mentoring? Uh, a lot of young people are curious about mentors. How do you find a mentor? Do I need a mentor? Have you had any mentors? You've, you've, you've done something pretty impressive pretty quickly. Uh, any, any role of mentoring? And, and are you a mentor?
0: So a few things on that. One is, I think mentorship is w- way more fluid than it's, made out to be. So I think people assume like you get a mentor, they're your mentor for life, and that's it. I have found that like, there are people in my life who are kind of like moving in and out of like mentorship positions or like the relationship I have with them is mentor and mentee. Whereas in certain times it fluctuates and it's not. So what I found is like, whether it's, you know, a friend who started a business, there will be periods of time where I'm leaning on him a lot because he has expertise in a certain area that he can clearly mentor me on. Whereas at other times, because the business is in a different part of the cycle, there just are not things that I necessarily need to lean on him for. And he's just like, the, our conversation is way more just driven by our friendship, not in a mentorship mentee capacity. So I think one is, I if, if you ask me how many mentors do I have, I really, my answer would be you know, somewhere between 30 and 40. And I think it's because I just realized that the the same way that Austin and I knew nothing about media and had to figure it all out on a constant basis, there are things we need to do that we know that we are not the smartest or best in. But if we surround ourselves with people that are, we can you know we can lean on them to gain their expertise in the same way that they can lean on us about I don't know I guess how to run an email <laughs> newsletter, and uh, and so my view is. It's not about one or two or three mentors. It's thinking about what are the needs, what are the things that people... That you can help people with and the things that people can help you with. And leaning on people for the things that they are experts in, that they're clearly better than you at, that you can lean on them for. And also just not feeling so structured by the idea of mentors and mentees that like you're locked into one. And uh, after that, it's like a matching process where you can never go back and never get rid of this mentor. It's way more fluid than that.
1: Excellent advice. I totally agree with you. By the way, I, that I, I really love that. So, so we're at the end of our chat, and I want just let me thank you so much for for being our guest. I, I know, um, I mean, what you said was super insightful and interesting to me, and I know it's going to be for our audience as well. And, and I usually ask people how they can find out more about you and your work. It, I think this one would be pretty obvious. How can they uh, subscribe to Morning Brew?
0: <laughs> yeah, it is just uh, www morningbrew com, and uh, would love for anyone and everyone to subscribe. Uh we read and respond to every email that readers uh send to our team, whether it's me, Alex at morningbrew.com or Neil and Kinsey who are our two writers. So we're always looking for new readers and more importantly, we're always looking for feedback to make the product better. So we would love to hear from uh anyone listening to this podcast and definitely mention that you, you uh found it about found out about the brew and found out about the story through this podcast. Um, just to to hear uh, what type of people are tuning into this.
1: Awesome. Thanks. And I can tell you right now, I'm going to subscribe to Morning Brew right after our conversation. So I'm psyched to start becoming a reader.
0: Thank you so much. I really appreciate that.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much for having a, uh,
0: for, for being on. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for the time, Andy.
1: Okay, so I am here. Uh, we've got a light crew today. Actually, we're on academic break. So me and Kevin here today say hello to people. Hello, everybody. Hello, <laughs> listeners. But we had an incredible episode. And we just wanted to talk for just a couple of minutes about it. So what So what struck you about about the Morning Brew episode? What, what really stood out to you? I think one of the most
2: easily digestible tips that Alex gave was when he spoke to the characteristics that they're looking for in someone to hire. I thought it was really, really interesting that one of the big points that he hammered down was the passion that you give and the willingness to go from I think he said from 70 percent to the 99th percentile
1: I know I agree, I agree with you I, I remember he said uh, he said they look for passion they look for like a deep intellectual curiosity and then and then a work ethic and I I don't know it really struck me it was really interesting because it was it was all about immersion to me and the other thing about it is he didn't say you know we look that you've taken at least three marketing classes and at least four you know finance classes. No, these are sort of general characteristics, and you know that, that anyone uh, who's a thoughtful student who's gone to a liberal arts school could could really have. So I thought that was really cool as well. So how about what what else? Uh, this is this is uh, so our podcast from the dorm room to the boardroom. This is a literal case. <laughs> yeah, I agree, and we've seen that before. Even in our last episode of Siki Moo, she was creating
2: Hello Ava from her MBA program, or Jimmy Desico literally from this boardroom. And what I'm seeing now is that this kind of hard line of age and having a degree when it comes to entrepreneurship is kind of becoming a little bit, a little bit softer. And you're able to create a product based on a gap in the market or something that you're motivated by rather than having to go through all the traditional steps of getting your traditional business degree and brainstorming, going to a think tank and going from there.
1: You know, really stood out to me in all these stories. So Jim Desico, the first, the first episode in our podcast about Super Coffee and um, Siki Moo with Hello Ava, and now Morning Brew, is each of the people who founded these companies, and in Jim Desico's case, it's him and his brothers. They were they were trying to like solve a everyday problem that they had. You know, in in in, in, in uh, Alex's case, it was it was the problem that. You know his 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 friends at the University of Michigan had, which was that they needed to prepare for these interviews, but all the basically all the stuff to read was like super boring. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, and it's and it's really interesting because I don't think I don't think in any of these cases people said, "Huh, I need to start a business. What would be a great market, you know, strategy for me to have or whatever." And no, they were actually just solving a problem, and then it they kind of like stumbled onto a business, and it it's very interesting that in these three very successful cases, they literally like stumbled onto businesses.
2: Right. And I think that zeroing in on Morning Brew, um, I'm seeing a big trend that they're really doing a great job of capitalizing on and it's creating content for those of us who are living very dynamic and active lifestyles. Things that are engaging both visually and intellectually. I go on Morning Brew's Instagram story every morning and I can see all the stories that they have organized very neatly and I can get my content within 30 seconds. And even for old
1: people like me who don't know how to use Instagram, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I sort of can, but not 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 really that well. Uh, I get it in my email, and, I, and I've 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 become a reader too. So, really, a super interesting story. That's it for today. Listen to our other episodes. We've got such interesting episodes up there. Our website's www.brandeis.edu/dormroom. We're on Instagram at. From the Dorm Room Podcast. From the Dorm Room Podcast on Instagram. Please check us out. We're also on Facebook at From the Dorm Room. From the Dorm Room, right. So any way you can, connect, engage, lots of super cool content, and we want to hear from you. So if you find something interesting, email us at podcast at brandeis.edu. We'd love to hear from you. Hit us up on social media, and we will see you next time.